Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. You know, for a long time, we have been led to believe for no good scientific reason that babies should be given bland food. At this point, all those assumptions have been debunked. It's really about flavor from day one. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. I am so excited about this episode. It's all about how to flavor, season, and spice your baby's food. Now, I'm a huge fan and a proponent of spices, but I brought the expert on today. I've got Kanchan Koya, PhD, joining me. She is amazing. If you guys know her on Instagram, she's at Chief Spice Mama. She also has written the book Spice, Spice Baby. She's got so much great information for you guys all about how you can safely flavor and season your food the right way. So here goes. Let's dive in with Kanchan Koya. Well, hello, Kanchan. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. 
Thank you for having me, Katie. All right. So I don't want to sound like a stalker, but I discovered you on Instagram before you published Spice Spice Baby. I actually remember seeing your Indiegogo page for the book. And I was so excited when your book, Spice Spice Baby, came out. So I was wondering if you could just back us up and tell us, how did you even get interested in the idea of seasoning and flavoring foods for babies? Because I know you're a Harvard-trained molecular biologist, so I'm just curious, what's the link with baby food? I guess like a lot of mom food bloggers or health and wellness bloggers do get started. It all started for me when I became a mother. I was doing my PhD at Harvard Medical School, and my lab actually started to study the health benefits of turmeric a spice that I grew up in India with and knew well, but kind of took for granted. And so here I was at one of the world's top renowned research institutions and my lab is studying this ancient Indian spice. And I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. And so I think that just planted a seed for me about the power of spices for health. I was always really interested in the intersection of food and health, food and nutrition. And so fast forward a few years later to becoming a mother, I had dabbled in kind of biotechnology and the pharmaceutical industry for a couple of years and was just trying to decide what I wanted to do next now that I was a new mom. My son was six months old. I started to feed him his baby food, just like every other mother does for you know the weaning phase. And I just naturally started to think about ways to flavor his food. I was Indian. I had grown up with a spice box. And at the back of my mind was this idea that not only does all this ancient wisdom tell us that spices are beneficial, but hey, modern science is validating those claims. And so I started to infuse his baby purees with spices. And I had a lot of friends who were shocked, frankly, and confused and curious and wanted to know more. I thought, you know, why don't I start a blog? I'm not really sure what to do with myself right now. And everybody seems to be blogging. This was 2014. So I just started a blog. I called it Spice Spice Baby. It was all about just educating caregivers about spicing up kids' food, baby food. And really, that's how it started. Wonderful. So I love your book, Spice Spice Baby. I recommend it to my audience because even though we're a baby-led weaning group of proponents and parents and caregivers, I still stress as a feeding expert that purees are an important texture for babies to learn how to master. Now, they're certainly not the only purees that babies can and need to eat. And I teach this cultural foods class at San Diego State University. And I recently had a student, she was from Russia, and she was really surprised by my infant feeding content. She said, gosh, there's so much seasoning and spice in Russia. We always feed babies bland food. And so I was wondering if you could comment a little on how different cultures feed babies differently. And then how can parents who are listening be encouraged to incorporate their own food culture when they're starting solid foods with babies? Yeah, absolutely love that question. So on the baby led weaning side, really quick, you know, my son I feel like I did baby led weaning with him, but he really just wanted purees. So we followed his cues and my daughter wanted to have nothing to do with purees. So she ended up being a more traditional kind of baby led weaning baby. And I still put spices in her steamed broccoli, her sweet potato fries, you know, her guacamole or avocado mash or whatever. So yeah, you know, I think the cultural thing is so interesting. So to be honest, when I started giving my son cardamom in his pears or cinnamon in his sweet potato or turmeric in his lentils, I wasn't thinking I was doing anything out of the ordinary because I am Indian and in Indian culture, we use spices from day one. So a very common dish that babies are fed in India is something called khichdi, which is a rice and lentil kind of porridge. And it's always infused with things like cumin, which is thought to be really digestion friendly for babies. 
turmeric, sometimes a little coriander powder. So I didn't think I was doing anything outrageous or interesting until my non-Indian friends, like I said, you know, started to express some curiosity and even concern. And so I had this very frank conversation with my pediatrician in New York at the time. And she was like, oh my gosh, absolutely go for it. And I think she summed it up really eloquently, which is, you know, for a long time, we have been led to believe really for no good scientific reason that babies should be given bland food and we should kind of introduce flavor slowly. And really, she said, you know, this was 2012 when he was born, that at this point, all those assumptions have been debunked. It's really about flavor from day one. It's about exposure and, and building an adventurous palate, expanding their flavor horizons and recognizing, like you said, that cultures around the world have been doing this for centuries. Now, of course, you don't want to give them like hot spices or anything that's going to be irritating to the tongue or the tummy. You know, we want to stay away from things like honey and of course, processed food, excess salt, all that stuff. But a little like dry thyme with some potato or paprika, you know, um, is totally fair game. So yeah, I think it's just important to step back and look historically at how cultures have been doing things. And I have, you know, a quick story, which is when we were traveling around Asia, because we were living in Hong Kong at the time, um, we went to an area in China called Chengdu, which people may know as the capital of the Sichuan province. And Sichuan food is very, very hot. And my son, I think, was three years old. So he was beginning to be somewhat adventurous. And we went to a restaurant and asked for a kid's menu. And they literally looked at us like, what is that even? <laughs> they were like, no, we, I mean, and the food is spicy. So while I say you don't need to push the spicy spices, there are cultures that introduce even the hot spices pretty early on. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma. But therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Well, I love that you also incorporated that your pediatrician was for you, including a variety of foods and flavors and tastes and textures, because so often parents hear from their pediatricians, nope, babies can only have iron-fortified white rice cereal and maybe a few purees. And I think you're fortunate that you had a pediatrician who recognizes there's no science or evidence behind the recommendations that babies only should eat bland food. And so that one student that I was telling you about, that that's what they do in their food culture in Russia. And she laughed and said, you know, Russians aren't actually known for uh, their culinary prowess and certainly not their over-seasoning or over-flavoring of food. So she said, we start our babies that way, but it's nice to know I can expand my baby's palate if I want to. And I lived in Nepal for two and a half years after college as a Peace Corps volunteer. They feed babies kitchidi there as well as one of the first solid foods. And I remember thinking like, whoa, this is so different from how we start babies on solid foods in the United States. But I love to remind parents, you know, babies in Nepal eat Nepalese food. Babies in the Sichuan province eat 
spicy Szechuan food or babies in Mexico eat Mexican food. And so it is a good idea to start incorporating your food culture early and often if you're really hoping to raise an independent eater and prevent picky eating down the road. Yeah, and I love a point that you brought up, Katie, because I think one can also go a little bit too far on the other extreme and, you know, parents can start to feel guilty that they're not being adventurous enough or not being exciting enough with their offerings. And like you said, you know, if you eat a relatively, I'm not going to say bland, but like not an overpoweringly flavored diet, it's fine to start your baby with the foods that you grew up with that are part of your culture, like celebrate that. There's so much room and opportunity for growth in terms of flavor expansion. So I think it's a, you know, like I think it's really nice to think about it in terms of sharing your culture of food. So Kanchan, one of the reasons why I love your content is I think it's so unique because you're not just focusing on the flavor benefits of spices, but you also talk a lot about the health benefits of spices. And I know you've studied that as well. So we all agree adding spice to food makes it taste better. But do you think you could talk to us a little bit more about the health benefits of some of these spices that we can start feeding to our babies when we start solid foods? They're so packed with something we call you know, phytochemicals or phytonutrients, which is just fancy speak for plant-based nutrition. So spices come from the plant kingdom. They are often the dried seeds or root or bark or even leaves of, of plants. And as we know, these plants have compounds, phytochemicals, polyphenols, all these incredible compounds that confer a range of benefits in our bodies. And You know, people often wonder, well, does it really matter because you're only using a sprinkling here and a sprinkling there? And the research shows it does add up. And these phytochemicals are powerful even at small doses. And especially when you're thinking about health maintenance or building health or preventing disease, even small amounts become really, really powerful and beneficial. So definitely obsessed with the health benefits. And when I think of health benefits of spices, the first thing that comes to mind is really inflammation management. So, you know, studies after studies have shown that many of the compounds found in spices ranging from turmeric to sweet paprika, black pepper, sumac, cinnamon, on and on, have compounds that block inflammation in our bodies. Now, we want inflammation at the right time, in the right place, in the right context, something like a bacterial or viral infection is a great example, right? You want a localized inflammatory response. You want to clear the invading pathogen, and then you want to get back to a normal state of balance. But it turns out that especially in the modern day, given, you know, strange chemicals in our food supply, elevated stress, potentially poor eating choices, um, a host of factors have resulted in this kind of elevated low level inflammation that we're all walking around with and therefore using foods using spices that can bring us back to balance and a baseline that's acceptable is of great interest and spices really do come out on top when it comes to anti-inflammatory foods so what does that have to do with babies well babies are also exposed to environmental onslaughts toxins Um, all sorts of things, you know, there's only so much you can control at some point about environmental exposure, right? So setting them off on a kind of strong anti-inflammatory footing, I think is a great idea. And so all the spices that, you know, I mentioned, I gave my son, whether it was turmeric or paprika, cumin, coriander, black pepper, bay leaf, cinnamon, I mean, pick your spice and there's probably an anti-inflammatory compound in that spice. 
So I, I really like to think about that as an overarching kind of health benefit. And then if we want to get into some more specifics, digestion is a great area. So a lot of these spices are digestion boosters. They either rebalance the microbiome or they activate digestion enzyme production, which can help break down food more efficiently. We know baby's digestive tracts are developing. So, you know, say you're giving your baby lentils for the first time, which can be a harder food to digest. Adding a little bit of cumin can really support digestion and enzyme production. So I think digestion is another great area. And, you know, on and on. I mean, any spice you pick, there's going to be some sort of health benefit. So I really do think that was a very important kind of impetus for me to add spices to my son's life. And now, obviously, my whole family is spiced up constantly, whether they like it or not, for that reason. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, and a lot of other families' babies are because of your book, Spice Spice Baby, which to me, I just think it's such an eye-opener to remind ourselves you don't have to be a gourmet cook, you guys. These are spices that many of you have in your cabinet, or you have many spices in your cabinet you could be using with your baby. So could you tell us a little bit more about the recipes in the book? Like you've mentioned a lot of the Indian spices, cardamom and turmeric, but what about some of the more global spices? How did you choose them or decide to incorporate them? Or tell us a little bit about the recipe development process, because there's over a hundred fabulous recipes in your book, Spice Spice Baby. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, I wrote the book, honestly, Katie, because I felt like there needed to be a book like it. Very often people write books because they feel like their book is missing from the landscape. And really, that's how I felt. I mean, I grew up in India. Spices were second nature to me, but that's not the case for everyone. And I felt like, why should the use of spices and their benefits only be you know, restricted to the few people who grew up with them. What about the rest of the world? And so I wanted to write a book that was really inclusive and encouraging global families, no matter where you're from, to start using spices kind of every day, not just for that occasional recipe that might call for a particular, you know, ethnic or exotic spice. So the recipes are inspired by that desire to demystify spices for a global audience and make them super accessible on a daily basis in kitchens everywhere. So there's a lot of things that are just familiar family foods, no matter where you're from, like pancakes and muffins, oatmeal, smoothies. There's a whole chapter on smoothies. There's a chapter on baby foods. And then, you know, family table favorites like bolognese and pasta or fish cakes or gosh, like chicken strips, you know, really things that I feel like everyone eats no matter where you're from. And I wanted to suggest ways to add these beneficial spices to all those things. So I was really trying to move beyond just the Indian kind of uh, recipe, you know, repertoire, because I love Indian food, but not everybody wants to eat a curry every day. And the truth is you don't have to eat curry every day to enjoy the benefits of spices. But I love that you say, oh, move past Indian food. Like for so many families, you're like, that is so fascinating that babies can even eat Indian food. Well, it's part of your food culture, so it's commonplace to you. But I think parents are really, wow, I can make this curry. Or sometimes even having your baby trying new foods and flavors. And many of the families I work with follow my 100 first foods approach to starting solid foods. 
with baby lead weaning. And they're like, I never thought about feeding my baby farro or spelt or sorghum. And so it actually expands their food horizon as well, which I think is just another benefit of baby lead weaning because our babies can eat so many of the same foods that we can. Of course, they need to be modified for safety. Well, if you can, would you share with us where our audience can go to learn more about your work, your book, your Instagram? Just tell us all of the places, please. Oh, yeah. So um, www.spicebicebaby.com is really my digital home. It's where you can find the book and I'm updating with recipes and articles about benefits of spices and how to incorporate them into your life. And then on Instagram, I'm Chief Spice Mama, also sharing a ton of recipes and inspiration that's hopefully helpful to just help you, um, you know, really leverage the power of spices and food uh, for health. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Kanchan. I can't thank you enough. Thank you for having me, Katie. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Kanchan Koya. She is at Cheap Spice Mama on Instagram. Again, she's the author of the cookbook, Spice Spice Baby. I love all of her recommendations for increasing the flavors that we expose our babies to. And before we hopped off the interview, I asked her a question that I forgot to include in the episode. We didn't catch the recording, but I just want to share real quick. I was asking Kanchan if babies can be allergic to spices. Like I know in our family, we have a family friend and the daughter's allergic to cinnamon. And I never knew that a child could be or a person could be allergic to spices. And her answer was that for the most part, the answer is no, that spice allergies are generally very rare, but that sumac is one where we do see higher rates of allergy. So that's something to be on the lookout for. So again, I'm going to go ahead and link to everything that Kanchan referenced and that we talked about in the episode on the show notes for this particular episode. And you guys can find them at blwpodcast.com forward slash 48. Now, before I leave you, I know you've got seasonings and spices on the brain. And sometimes parents are like, wait a minute, if babies don't have to eat bland food, they can have all these spices. How can I make the food taste good without adding salt? Well, I have a quick start guide to baby lead weaning that has a ton of advice and info and tips and recipes in there for flavoring your baby's food without salt. So it's a 16 page ebook. It's jam packed with all of the info you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods, plus a number of my favorite combination food recipes. And there's a seasoning guide in there. I'm also sharing my savory, no salt seasoning mix. This is fabulous. I literally put it on everything for babies, older people alike. You can grab that download. Again, it's called the Quick Start Guide to Baby Lead Weaning, and it's going to be available along with all the other resources on the show notes page for this episode, blwpodcast.com forward slash 48. Bye now. From the terrifying power of tornadoes to sizzling summer temperatures, AccuWeather Daily brings you the top trending weather-related story of the day, seven days a week. You can learn a lot in just a few minutes with stories about impending hurricanes, winter storms, or even what not to miss in the night sky. So listen and subscribe to AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts.